Good morning, good morning. We're in a great month. We're in the, the month of uh, a world that works for everyone. I like that. I think that's a great theme. I think we should live by it. A world that works for everyone. <clears throat> so we started with um, transforming lives, right? We started with transforming lives. We moved into last week practical spirituality. And so today we are revealing magnificence. Because that's really what we're here to do, right? To reveal our magnificence, ours and everybody else's. So <clears throat> in the complete introductory course of In the Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes said this about that. He said, the simplest creature and the tiniest particle of matter are alive with the presence of God. In this living presence, which is the creative spirit in the universe, man lives, moves, and has his being. Not as separated from the universe of spirit, but as some part of it. Man is an individualized center of God consciousness, and each individual is a unique center. No two individuals alike. Each builds up his individual world as he personifies the universal power and presence. What a mystery and how magnificent. Isn't that wonderful? I just love that. How, what a mystery and how magnificent. We are individualized expressions of spirit. We are some part of this whole life. Individualized expressions of the power and the presence that created the universe and everything in it and continues to create to this day, right? The power that created the planet created you. I mean, like, that is awesome. When you just stop and think about it, the power that created everything out of itself, out of the same stuff that it's made of, created us. That's crazy. I mean, crazy good. <laughs> You know, that's really interesting when you think about it, right? Everything is energy. Everything is energy, right? You knew that from, from uh, high school physics. Everything is energy. And so everything is God, because God is that energy, right? Everything is made of energy. There's nothing else. There's nothing else to make anything out of. So spirit made everything out of itself, and we are that. Talk about magnificent. Oh, my God. We are some undivided, undifferentiated part of the whole life of God's which means that whatever God is, we are that. Whatever we think God is, we are that. All those qualities, all those attributes, right? All that whole list up there, and there's more to them. You know, those are just my top 12 favorites, but there's more to them. But all of those qualities, all those attributes of God, they are attributes of us. So we should grow up being these amazing creatures, right? Able to like walk on water through flaming oil. I'm gonna just do that, you know? We should, right? we should grow up being those beings who can do and have and be everything we desire. And yet, and yet something happens along the way, right? A lot of us are not having that experience of what the amazing creatures that we are. You know, so a lot of us grow up feeling insecure and unsure, and afraid, and lacking self-esteem, and lacking self-confidence, and lacking, just lacking. That's the word itself, right? What the heck happened between then and now, you know? <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> A couple of years ago, UCLA did this study that revealed that toddlers can hear the word no up to 400 times a day. 400 times a day, right? Good grief. Okay, and it's estimated that by the time we are 17, we will have heard the phrase, no, you can't, 
150,000 times, right? Compare that with, yes, you can, which you will have heard about 5,000 times in the same amount of time, okay? Negative much? <laughs> it's like, no wonder why we reach a certain age and we're unsure of our abilities, right? You're unsure of our abilities. We're unsure of, of, of what we're doing. We don't feel good enough. We don't feel enough, just enough. And when we have the not good enoughs, we do feel safe playing small, right? Like, I, the, I love the piece that Marianne Williamson wrote. We do feel safe playing small, blending in, right? So nobody will notice us, be part of the background, because we're not, we're not feeling enough, right? We buy into other people's opinions of us as if they were facts or truth, right? So growing up, and you know what's really interesting, I, th I was thinking about it and I thought, growing up it was our uniqueness that was most made fun of, right? It's like our uniqueness was used as a criticism against us. Those things that made us uniquely us, right? Curly hair was laughed at, you know, the spaghetti hair kids, the tall, the tall people, the real tall ones, right? Were always picked on trees and whatever else they were called, or the short people, <laughs> you know. Short stuff, short cake, short stack, whatever, you know. And then you had to go back with, you know, like good things come in small packages, you know. You know, so does poison. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> there was another comeback. Okay, but, you know, what about four eyes, right? The little kids are wearing glasses, four eyes, you know. And so those things that made us uniquely us, those, those individualizations that we should have been like, this is me, those were the things that were pointed out and picked on and used as criticisms against us. And so that's when we went to our parents, right, and begged for hair straightener or contact lenses or, or, or the tall people that wound up slouching down so that they wouldn't be noticed. You know, we tried to fit in, right, because we were picked on for our individualities, those things that made us individual, individualized expressions of God. Those things that made us that, we tried to hide, we tried to fit in. And the question you have to ask yourself is, why are we trying to blend in when we were meant to stand out? We were born to stand out. So why, why do we do that, right? John Shedd, I love this quote, he said, a ship in the harbor is safe, but that is not what ships are built for. Right? And that's the way it is with us. We are built to stand out. We are built to shine. We are built to show off our magnificence and our uniqueness, those individualized things. That is part of the uniqueness of being us. That's what makes you, you. You know, seven and a half billion people on the earth. If God didn't have use for each and every one of them, we wouldn't be here. There's a reason you were put together with all the, the, the ways you were put together and all of the qualities that you have. It's like we're all cakes, but individual, you know? Same ingredients, just in different amounts, in different ways, and, and we come out looking entirely different, but we're all made of the same stuff. We are all God's stuff. We were created, individualized, no two alike, different from the way anyone else is. And so what we do, what you do, the way you do it, no one else can. No one else can because you're an individualized expression. So if we let the opinions of other people stop us from living our divine heritage, we're cheating ourselves. <clears throat> we're also cheating the world. 
You know, it's like a tree choosing not to bear fruit in season because it's afraid of what the other trees are going to think of it. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. We are here to display that uniqueness, our individuality, the way in which we are different from everybody else. And, I, and I'm going to go back to that quote from Marianne Williamson, right? Where, where she said, our deepest, our deepest fear, what? It's our light, not our darkness. I think that's how it starts. It's our light that our dark, then our darkness that most frightens us. Our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate, but that our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure, right? We are afraid of that because what happens when we let that out? You know, is that, is that it got picked on and it got stomped on and it got criticized and it got singled out, you know, the poor freckly people. Remember the freckly people when we were all in school? You know, it, we, we just like focused on all of those things that made us different. And, uh, and it is our light, not our darkness, that mo most frightens us. And I love that, the part about, you know, who are we to be talented and gorgeous? And of course we are. Of course we are that. Because we are individualizations of the spirit that has created everything. So created us, how can that be bad? How can that be anything to criticize? How do you criticize God? <laughs> God, you're just not God enough, you know? It's like you, you just can't. So, so as we let our light shine, we do give permission. That's the end of that quote. You know, we, uh, we consciously give other people the permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our not enoughness, our presence automatically liberates others. So when we're okay with us, when we love the us that we're in, we give permission for everybody else to. We are limitless, creative beings. We are the energy that has, that has driven creation into manifestation. We are that very same energy. That's glorious. That is glorious. We are limitless, creative beings. We can create anything, and we create fear, <laughs> of all things. <laughs> right? And we create fear. Fear keeps us small. When we make the decision to push back and do it anyway, Right? Even though, even through the criticisms, even through those little things that people call us, when we push through, even in our fear, we prove the principle, don't we? We prove that principle. I go back to that, that quote, I think Troward said it first about principle is not bound by precedent, right? Principle is not bound by precedent, which means the principle of life. The principle that we know of as, as the isness, the allness of life, is not bound, cannot be limited by anything that happened before it. So you can do something, it could fail. You can do it again, it could fail. You can do it a third time, it could fail. You can do it a hundred times, it could fail. And what do you do? You do it a hundred and one time. You know, if you're driven, if it's your thing to do, if it's your gift to give to the world, you just do it. And each time we go for it, it doesn't matter what happened before because principle is not bound by precedent, not bound by anything that came before it. You know that story about, I lost it, <laughs> the story about or, uh, um, Thomas Edison. You've read the story about Thomas Edison, right? The light bulb dude. Okay, and, and so there's all kinds of numbers of, of times he experimented on that. He was trying light technology, you know, the incandescent bulb guy. And, and there's all kinds of stories. If you go on the internet, you can find, you know, he, he 10,000 ways he tried and it failed, or 5,000. I mean, there's all kinds of numbers. The actual interview that someone did with him back in the day, he said he, he tested the incandescence of different filaments in the bulb 2,774 experiments in light bulb technology before he, he was uh, successful in the carbonized 
bamboo filament that he used that actually was the one that worked. 2,774. So, you know, the urban myth, whatever, 5,000, 10,000, 2,000, whatever it is. But that's, that, was his, that was his number. 2,774. That's a lot of times to try one thing, to keep going back and keep going back and keep going back, and he did. You know, that's the truth of us is that we cannot be defined by our limitations. That doesn't even make sense if we are some form of spirit, if we are some undifferentiated power of the universe. It doesn't even make sense to define ourselves by what we can't do. Because there is nothing we can't do, right? We are pure spirit, which means we're limitless. So we feel the fear, okay, whatever. We hear the echo of the critical voice, right? Those childhood things, whether the critical voice were your friends, thanks guys, you know? Whether the critical voice were your friends or your relatives or your parents or your culture or your, your neighborhood, whatever it is, we hear that echoing in our head, but we do it anyway. We do it anyway, because we know we are the limitless spirit in form. Ernest Holmes says, um, I love this, it was a talk he gave, it was called Beware the Contagious Disease of Anxiety. <laughs> Don't you love that? I love that. Anyway, he said, what happens to fear when you introduce faith? It no longer exists. What happens to your anxiety when confidence is restored? It disappears as a thief in the night. There is a place in your mind where thieves cannot break through and steal, where darkness cannot penetrate, where fear is unknown. That place within us, that's pure spirit. It knows who we are. It never doubts who we are. That place within us, that is spirit's dwelling right there within these bodies. That is our true essence. That's our magnificence. And when we lead from there, we're living our authentic life. When we lead from that place, we are living the authentic life of spirit in form. We are that. Because our authenticity is that God space within us, that, that, that seed of perfection, right? That's the love, that's the joy, that's the warmth, that's the peace, that's the empathy, that is the compassion. And when we lead with that, we are leading with our authentic self. And that's what we are for each other, isn't it? When we sit open-hearted and open-handed, without judgment, right? Knowing the highest truth for each other, we're revealing our magnificence. We're revealing our magnificence and we're being a light that's shining for the person we're sitting with to reveal theirs. It's the invitation. You know, that's why communities like this one are so important. That's why communities like Vision are so important. It gives us the opportunity to be that for each other, to be that supportive person, to, to sit with each other. These relationships that we create are based on that, that authenticity. Honest relationships, healthy relationships, sustaining relationships, authentic relationships. When we sit in, in hospitality with each other and we listen to each other open-hearted, without judgment, we're not just sitting there going, God, I wish you would just shut up so I could give her some of my, you know, my wisdom. No, we're sitting, we're sitting with the, the idea of understanding, of not, not the, the idea of, I, mean, I just wish they would just stop talking so I can share my wisdom with them, you know? Oh, no, we're not doing that. We're just sitting open-handed, open-hearted. 
listening with understanding. Listening to understand. That's it. That's why these, these, re these relationships that we build in communities like this are so, ex so important for us. It gives us, we are that. We are God expressing for and with each other. And we're allowing spirit to express through us. We're allowing love to lead. We just allow love to lead. There's nothing else happening here but love. That's it. We're not led by ego. We're not led by our fear. We're not led by our neediness. We're not led by, you know, the, the need to manipulate. We just are led by our authenticity. We show up just as God made us, whole, perfect, and complete, and we feel safe enough in communities like this to reveal our magnificence. We should all have capes. Let's get capes. I, I think capes would be a good idea. To reveal our magnificence for each other. That's what we do. We leave this space. You know, Ernest Holmes said everyone's a practitioner, only some, some people get licensed in it. But he said everyone's a practitioner. And isn't that what we do for each other? That is what we do in spiritual community. We stand there and we are these open vessels, these clear and open vessels. And we just sit there and we're just love. And we listen in love. We let love lead. And we become the healing agent for the group or for the person who's talking or for whoever is sitting at your table. We show up in all of our wholeness and all of our, our completeness and all of our love. And we just let love lead the way, you know? And we built this, if you remember. It's going to be 12 years in, in February. We built this. This did not happen overnight, right? You know, you come in here and you don't know what's going on and you don't know who's who or what's what, right? But you feel safe and you feel loved and you support it. We say it every morning, every Sunday morning, right? You're here, you're safe, you're loved. This is a safe space. And it is because we built it that way. We built it that way because we were brave enough to stand in our authenticity, warts and all, freckles, shortness, whatever, you know, and know that we were absolutely unconditionally accepted. Safe, unconditionally accepted. It takes awakening to the magnificence that we are to do what we're doing. It takes awakening, recognizing the truth of us without ego, without false bravado, without the need to be right. We can, you know, we gave that up a long time ago. <laughs> or without the need to, to dispense unasked for advice, we just show up just being for each other. That's it. Ernest Holmes said this in Help for Today. He said, people with spiritual self-reliance have a deep conviction that they are attuned to the infinite intelligence and that they are one with the all-knowing spirit. A knowledge of this truth is necessary if we desire to develop an understanding that will cause us to be positive without aggressiveness, that will make us sure of ourselves without egotism, that will make us strong in action without becoming intolerant. That's, I mean, he could have just said, you know, i.e., see vision. <laughs> That's what we are becoming. That is what we're becoming, that group. And that's why we're so supportive. This is a practice, and this is what we've been practicing all along. We didn't maybe not have a name for it. We didn't call it revealing our magnificence. We called it growing vision. But it's the same thing. It's a practice. And then we fall into the illusion of separation. It happens. We fall into the illusion of separation. 
We become frightened by conditions around us. Things happen. We limit ourselves by those false beliefs that creep in when we start to feel the not enoughs again, you know? You don't, something happens, or you get a phone call, or you didn't get enough sleep, or whatever. You get a case of the not enoughs. Anybody? Okay. Or the not worthies. You know, it happens. I'm losing my, I'm losing my mic. It happens. But we get that, right? We get that. We have a bad day. We have an off day. We're not feeling our magnificence. We're feeling something less than that. And then we break promises to ourselves. That's when we break promises to ourselves. When we forget who we are. We start out on this great exercise plan, don't we? I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to get my 10,000 steps in. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. And then all of a sudden we have a bad day and we don't do it and we go, oh. you know, it's, I knew it wasn't going to work. That's when we have forgotten who we are. That's when we have forgotten who we are. When we forget that we are the magnificence of spirit and form, when we forget that, that's when we break our promises to ourselves. Hmm. So we have to remember again. We go back to remembering who we are. We have to rely on faith to get us there. Faith in the invisible realm. Faith in things still unseen but with the conviction they're on their way. They're showing up. My good is my God. My God is my good. Emma Curtis Hopkins. We have to know it's true, even if we can't see it, even if it hasn't been there yet, even if I haven't lost that 20 pounds, whatever, to know that it's already there. Ernest Holmes said this in How to Change Your Life. He said, the first step for you to take involves becoming aware that you already have the God qualities you wish to cultivate and experience in your everyday life. This truth is so important and astonishing, you may not fully grasp its significance at first. You already have what you want. As a child of God, you automatically partake in its characteristics. You are part of that which created you. It is your heritage. The qualities of the nature of God constitute perfection, and you are born with them. You are created in the image and the likeness of the creator. It may take a good deal of thinking to get this settled in your mind, but when it is, you will find that a big problem in your upward climb is overcome. It's a marvelous revelation to be able to grasp the significance of this magnificent truth. You already possess the God qualities because they are your inheritance. You are what God is. God is what you are. So my invitation to you this week is to go out there and to reveal your magnificence. Thank you so much.